You remember dating in your 20s? Yep. Dating in your 20s can be fun. But once you get past your mid-30s, it can be a little daunting, right? Eh, yeah, it's a, it has a, it's a wave. You know, it goes up and down. You're like, woo, good dates. You date a lot. You're having a lot of fun. And then it just straight out sucks. Like, ugh, work. It's work. But it doesn't have to be. Hi, I'm Wilmer. I'm Yuki. And we'll be discussing the way we use science, art, tech, culture, math, food, to navigate the world, share what works for us, and what brings joy to our modern family. Finding love, finding a soulmate, shouldn't be a task. Ugh, soulmates. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Yeah. But ultimately, um, it's, uh, it's all a fun journey, and... We've really had fun in our journey, and we aren't perfect. We don't have the perfect relationship. We've got some things right, and we've got some things wrong, but it's worked out, and I think we both had fun during our dating time. Yeah, fun and definitely have a lot of funny stories to tell. Um, some not-so-funny stories to tell, but definitely we've learned a lot in the process, and we definitely wouldn't be here today planning our wedding. Yeah. Having fun, slightly stressful, but... <laughs> you know, I think one of the things that makes dating daunting is the fact that sometimes we feel we have to follow some arbitrary, crappy dating rules. Dating rules that we, we hear from our friends, from our family, even from movies, and, and we think that these are the dating rules. Like like the rule your mother says, or your, your, your Aunt Verna, she goes... Make them wait, honey. Don't sleep with them. Don't be a hua. Don't you if you they're not gonna buy the, the cow if you're giving away the milk for free. All of those things. Like, please. Please. I, I'm not gonna go into detail here, but we did not follow those rules. Yeah, I mean, who knows what rules we followed. But that's the thing, is I think that's part of our success is that we didn't feel constrained by any strange rules and this whole concept of making them wait. Um, this this thought that a guy gets a girl's phone number, who even does that anymore? Um, I mean, yeah. And, he has to text her. Well, yeah. And, <laughs> um, and then you think, oh, I got to wait three days before I call her so I don't sound too desperate. I mean, that's kind of nonsense i've i've tried it both ways i've tried it where i wait and other times where i text them back or call them back that same night a little bit later and Ugh. i can't say anyone was more successful than another uh, the games the games like it it could be so much more simple like i just say what you mean People play this game, like, if you really want to talk to the person, call them up. And you know what? If they feel you're being too much, guess what? They're not the one for you. If the person is feeling like, oh, you're texting me too much, blah, 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 then they're not for you. If you want to call the person, if you want to text the person, you want to tell them you, whatever you want to tell them, do it. I'm not about this waiting life. Well, and then there's a kind of corollary to that or, or something complementary to it is the idea that if you don't get a response back right away, they're not immediately into you. Oh, my God. I've seen some horror stories where, like, some people have spiraled out of control. We're like, oh, I see. You're ignoring me. And it's like, bro, 
now I know your true colors. <laughs> my phone was dead. My phone was off. I lost my phone. You know, I dropped my phone in the ocean. Whatever. Like It could be just, a million reasons. Just calm down, Bob. Just calm it down. Like, it's not that serious. It should be fun. And if your your immediate reaction is to go into the worst case scenario, because you're paranoid that they're dating other people or they're being dishonest, then maybe you need to just stop a minute and realize why you're jumping to the negative first. And maybe you're not ready to date because everybody's on the apps. Everybody's dating a bunch of people. Don't be in your feelings. Nobody wants that. Well, realistically, if I had been in my feelings, we may not be here. Remember? It was, <laughs> we met on an app and we had been texting back and forth on that app for some time. Perhaps, what was it, a couple months? Two or three months. And when it was some good, fun conversation back and forth and all of a sudden she kind of goes quiet. You went yeah. quiet. You... We we were texting on that way too long. Usually, if I if I had matched with someone on an app like that and I didn't meet you right away, it became forgettable because you know how these apps are. You you know you match with like a bunch of people, you go on a bunch of dates. He was just actually very nice and very insistent, and he reached out to me one more time, um, three months later, and we're like, yeah, let's do happy hour. And I didn't even make a big deal about it. He wasn't in his feelings about man. This girl's not responding to me. She must not like me. He just said, you know what? People get busy. I had just relocated back from New York to Florida. I was trying to start my, you know, my freelance business. I, I, I was, I was in a transitional period, and I was super busy. Also traveling a lot for for freelance work. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm going on a trip. Um, I'll hit you back when when I do. And since I hadn't met him, it just wasn't a priority. And then he reached out to me out of the blue. And it was like, oh, it was such a nice surprise. But had he been all in his moody feelings, like I've actually had happen, people texting me, oh, I, I thought you wanted her seriously. Like, stop jumping to conclusions. It's not that serious. Yeah, at no point during that time that you were, let's call it out of contact, I mean, I didn't even know you. There's no reason for you to be in constant contact. But at no point did I think it was anything bigger than you simply just forgot, which, hey, happens, mm -hmm. or you were busy. So I fired off one last little message, and you responded. And in many ways, the rest is history. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, just get out of your feelings and don't have this sense of expectation, especially when you're early on in the going. And, and don't jump to conclusions. Specifically about expectations, this whole notion that the guy should pay, that... It's, it, you know, it's so weird. I, you know, we, we talk about equal rights and then courtship and then gentlemen and then modern society, you know, realistically... Men make more money than women, so they should pay. And then there's the whole courtship where a guy needs to feel like he's a guy to show that he can take care of a woman. Um, me, personally, I'm 50-50. I don't mind. I never had a problem going Dutch. Um, usually, the guys would jump in and pay, and I wouldn't fight them to it. Um, I don't know. I just started this thing in my like early 30s um, when just to make it clear. you know, Because if you're out with friends... Everybody's equal, right? So if I went out on a date and I had zero interest in the guy, I would kind of take pity on him and I wouldn't let him pay for me. It was just like my end of the night 
kind of hint to the guy like, no, 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 I'll pay for my dinner. No, 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 I'll pay for my drink. Meaning you're not going to take care of me. I can take care of myself. I don't see you that way. So that would be the hint. My, me personally, that's my, my little feminist movement. Like I'm good. Now, if I like the guy, I would, you know, I'm almost ashamed to say this out loud. If I like the guy, I would like be chill. Like, okay, I'm going to let him play the role and he can pay the bill. Um, but if, if he asked or he, if he insisted, I would have no problem doing that. Yeah, let's say you and I, that we, we hit it off well that first date. And if I had gone to you and said, hey, do you mind if we split this? I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have, um, it wouldn't have taken me back. I, I, w- I wouldn't have paused. I mean, we drank a lot. And we ate a lot on our first date. We closed out the place. We pretty much were like, hey, hey, you guys got to get out of here. And, you know, you, you picked up the bill. But I, I easily would have, you know, if, if, if we would have ended up in another restaurant or whatever. Like, I mean, even after, after that, on our second or third date, we bounced back and forth. Like yeah. a couple of times I paid for lunch or, you know, it, it's really not that serious. I think it, sh- it, it should be the way you treat your friends. And then, not to turn this whole episode about railing against the evils of social media, but this idea that we're somehow selling perfect to one another. Like, we have everything together, and everything is hunky-dory, and, you know, I'm, I'm the perfect catch. Is I think our flaws are one of the things that make us most endearing, is, is yeah. this idea that you're not trying to sell perfect because nobody is well i i know of a couple of people a person that is um about my my age and and a woman that is single that is maybe a little bit older maybe 15 20 years older and they're they're single they're back in the market divorced and i'm a little shocked even at how they're approaching the dating world how you know one is recently dating a man and He's never seen her without makeup. He's like, they're sharing a place and she gets up before he does. And she, when, when she lived alone, her hair was, you know, she would put her hair up and now her hair must be down all the time. It's like, how long, like you cannot sustain this idea of, of perfect, this, this illusion of like, not a hair out of place. Like I'm going to get up and and my, my lips are going to be perfectly flushed, like perfect rosy color. Like my hair is not a hair. Like, and then there's and then, people that are actually doing this, that are trying to maintain this, not just like, you know, one date, one, you know, one night thing. I'm talking people that are in serious relationships now going on three, four months. Guys are spending more time in their place or they're co, co, um, co-living. And these women are changing their daily schedule to maintain the illusion so then if you're gonna sell perfect don't start crying when you change and the person leaves because you sold them a a bill of goods that wasn't what they signed up for yeah so speaking of antiquated mentality um let's talk about the stupid plan. Oh, the, the, the ticking clock. You know, I, I, I mentioned this often. You know, this, this is in 1950. Um, I don't feel, I'm, I'm 39 years old. I don't feel like my clock is ticking. I don't think, you know, that, that is a man-made preconceived, that is a societal thing on us. So, 
everybody's like, oh, you know, you look left, you look right. Oh, so-and-so's married, so-and-so has a baby, or so-and-so has a partner. And I, I get it. We're, we're approaching that, that cuffing season, that time of the year where everybody wants to be boot up, snuggled, and, you know, wherever you're living, you know, it, it could be cold. And, you know, it's nice to be with somebody, but you don't want to be with the wrong somebody. It doesn't have to be a relationship. There, there's so many other things out there that give you that satisfaction. I mean, I, I was very comfortable being single for a really long time. Obviously, there were ups and downs, but... I you mean, never felt this whole sense I, that you, you've got to get married. You've got to have kids. You've I, got to. I never felt the need like, oh, I, I need to be married. I need to be, you know, I'm 35, I'm 36, you know, throughout the years. I never felt the need to necessarily say marriage. I just said, you know, it kind of sucks, you know, I don't have anybody, it would be nice, gosh, it sucks that I don't have anybody, but I found great joy with what I had. I, I have a, a lovely family, a very supportive family, a fantastic group of friends, um, and a lot of hobbies and, and interests that keep me super busy, so, you know, it, once we get out of our heads, you know, the depression and sadness I, is very real, but happiness is also a choice like i i can just be like just choose to be thankful for what i did have i while i did want a partner i didn't like throw throw everything out and say oh my life sucks because i don't have that one person and then when you get bogged down in this plan it's very easy to lose sight of what's going right the fact that you have somebody that loves you that cares for you that you want to be together with you get you get stuck in in trying to to hit this next arbitrary step that you might forget that you're extremely fortunate. Um, soulmates. I think soulmates are bullshit. Yeah. Look, we we are two people who are madly in love, and um, the whole idea that that there exists. Just a one single person. person on this planet for you. I mean, as as somebody that believes in math, I cannot <laughs> think of a more statistically daunting thing than having one person on this planet just for you. I mean, if you believe that, no wonder you're stuck to this planet. You're, it's a you're nightmare. You're stuck. You're stuck. And, you know, I love you to death. I feel like you are the love of my life. But what the fuck do I know? I'm 39 years old. I have another, you know, 40, 50 years, 60 years in me. You know, I love you, but I've loved before you. Um, hopefully, uh, you know, we ride this out right. <laughs> until we're, we're, in, we're in matching boxes next to each other. But, you know, you just never know. You have to give yourself that fighting chance. There's some people that are like, oh, I... I just want to do it right and and they're so fearful to move forward and be serious with somebody and with fear that that the person that they're dating is not the right person or that that marriage is like this final thing right there's also that like people like oh i don't i don't want to get married because i don't want to get divorced like right and and take it from me as somebody that was once married was at one time, very much in love. Well, and you you followed the plan. You I, were on the clock. Yeah, and the you know we're we're here about to get married, and you know we both want to be married to each other forever. But neither of us sees marriage as this finite sort of in unbreakable. Not that we'd want to break a thing, but yeah. 
no wonder people get scared and they get cold feet at the end of the day of, yeah. of marriage because if you tell yourself that it's this unbreakable bond that you're stuck with forever god that's another really daunting thing yeah yeah well well i must say though one we are getting married two i am not taking your last name that that would mean i would have 20 characters in my full name it's just, it's just too much you I mean, Natasha Tavera Compagnoni? It, it's it, it, 10 20 did i mean it's just ridiculous that's number one um but one main reason that we decided it's like we have been living together for for five pretty and much a half years five and a half years huh? um i have a stepdaughter will will's daughter zoe and i felt that you know we need something on paper that makes us legally family in worst case scenario i i am part of this family i am a co-parent um i feel like an equal participant in this family and i felt in the beginning i was a lot very much so in my feelings, especially when I would go to school functions or birthday parties for other kids in her class. And it's like, you know, daddy's girlfriend. Like, I'm 39 years old. Uh, like, I'm, a, I'm not a girl. I haven't been a girl for some time. And it's just like, you know, especially with people that are with that old school mentality, like girlfriend just doesn't seem as serious. Like, no, bitch, I am a decision maker. I am a person of worth. And, you know, um, I am an authority. Um, I'm a part of this. And I think that in a way it's it's more for society. But there are legal issues that we discussed that we yeah. felt were important to yeah. that decision. So that's, you know, among other reasons, that's, that's one of our motivating factors behind, you know, going through with this. And... You know, it's it's really as much about timing as it is about the person. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You and I met at a time, and we actually joke about this often, <laughs> that we were, in, multiple times, we were at the same venue, same bar, and same stuff, and oh, we just yeah. didn't happen to run into each other at that time. Thankfully, we didn't, because neither of us... Were in a place to accept each other for who we were. Like, had I met you in 2008, I... Oh, we, we, we would have gone on one date, two dates. I forget I 2008. Had you met me in, what, 2013 or something like that? I, it doesn't even matter. Like, I just wasn't... I, I don't even want to say... Like, you... You are not even my type. I, I don't, And I don't even have a type. But I, I, I feel like there's so many guys like you that I went on dates with that I was just like, meh. Oh. And, and no, but... But I was willing and I felt like you were so engaging and so cute and so sweet that when I was younger, I was just more like fast, like, yeah, bam, okay, next. And this time, like, you were just so, you were so awesome. Well, that's another I thing. feel like I, I, I messed up a lot of awesome opportunities, but I'm exactly where I need to be. Like, that's, that's life. That's another thing about timing. I met you when I was two plus years after my divorce, and um, I had already, let's say, been in the game for a little while and, and knew how to talk to to women. Um, versus when you started college and... I mean, versus, forget college, versus when I was first back out on the streets. I, I hate to use the word game, but I, I had nowhere near the self-confidence yeah. in talking to a stranger as I did, as I do now and as I did when, when I first met you and... 
um, you know, I'm if I hadn't met you early in my, I guess, you know, newly single years, you wouldn't. Have, I would have tripped all over myself, and I would never have made the impression I did. I, I didn't want to say it, but I think I would have chewed you up and spit you out. Like, okay, bye. Like, because I, I was with my my circle of girlfriends, and I was just like, this guy, no, this guy, no. I went out and like, it was just like easy. It was, as my good friend Banu says, it is hunting. We would go hunting because it was men were little baby deer. <laughs> well, and speaking of which, you know, for for all you single guys out there, that self confidence only comes after rejection, after rejection, after rejection, and you just have yeah. to keep at it, keep at it, keep grinding, and eventually you'll you'll build up, and you know, back to another note about crappy dating rules look if you don't hit it off with a girl and you're talking to her at a bar or something she has 10 million different reasons for not wanting to yeah, talk to you it's not because you're not cute or you're not smart she's probably still talking to an ex she's probably moving out of the state it could be a thousand things <sighs> none of which have anything to do with you so if you get rejected who cares let it go who cares? Who cares? And and that whole idea creates this almost self-sabotaging behavior that you don't want to go up yeah. and put yourself out there and and just have a conversation, not running lines, not, you know, yeah. saying is that a mirror in your pants or some kind of stupid shit like that. Yeah. You just have a conversation and if you don't have a conversation, if you get away from that, it becomes a self-sabotaging behavior yeah. that you then can't actually do the thing you want to do well i, I want to rewind a little because I, I had another point to make regarding um the number one crapping rule where everybody's everything is on on a timeline you gotta wait three days to text her back you gotta wait a few months to sleep with them you gotta you know do this in a week don't do anything too fast you know you wait a certain time for them to meet your parents you wait a certain time for them to meet your friends like what the fuck are you waiting for like you know, you have your, your core people that love you, that know you, sometimes better than you know yourself. And we wait. You end up dating all these crazies. And then you pick one person, for whatever reason, to date a little longer than two, three months. And then you wait until month six to introduce them to anybody that really knows you that does not have a biased perspective. And then they, they tell you, bro, are you nuts? Like, why are you waiting? You go out on a date with the person once and if you think they're awesome I would bring them around your friends the second date the third date because they're gonna let you know right away what are you waiting for so back to the self-sabotaging that is a big part of it the whole waiting around like you're especially I've talked to some friends that are recently single they're like 30s oh my god it's so much work to date it's starting from scratch I just dedicated five months to this girl and she ended up being bananas now it's and i gotta go start it you know for guy, guys complain that it's very expensive to take girls out let's talk about self-sabotaging so um i'm thinking about a specific friend in new york 80 20 rule 80 20 rule is you know i have a friend who has this idea she she has the clock in her mind um it hasn't applied to her she's accepted it she's about my age and but she goes out and she wants this guy this guy, this guy. And of course, all types of wonderful men exist, but that's it. also your idea, this 80-20 rule. You're not going to find the perfect 
guy or the perfect girl for you. You have to kind of make a decision with, you know, are there positives more meaningful to me than their negatives? Make some compromises. Right. So like, okay, you know, I'm a Christian, for example. I'm not personally, but let's say the person is is religious and they say, well, I want a Christian man. If that is your most important thing, then then go from there. But you can't you can't want 100% of everything you want and get it all every time. The chances of that past the age of 35 is nearly impossible. Right, right. I mean, we've I've got friends who my age, right? You know, late 30s. And waiting for Miss Perfect. Well, and then they would say, "No, I, I don't want to date a woman with kids." It's like, how dude. older do you think you are? <laughs> like, I know most exactly people our age have kids. Yeah. Oh yeah, I don't. I don't want a woman with kids, or I. I don't want to date somebody that's divorced. Like, I said that. That came out of my own mouth at twenty-four. I'm thirty-nine. This doesn't work out. Guess what? I'm probably going to end up with a dude with kids. Like, that's just what it is. Like, let's be realistic here. Also, this idea of, you know, obviously everybody wants to be with a good-looking person or whatever, but I think love is, you can, everyone has a capability to fall in love with everybody. If you are really out there and you really want to meet somebody that's going to rock your world, Step outside. If you are single right now listening to this, what you've been doing up until this point has not worked for you. So the typical person that you date, the typical, you know, things that you do haven't haven't matched. You know, just once, maybe go on on a date with the slightly short guy or the slightly, you know, ugly guy or whatever, like, I'm looking at, at Will right now. I think he's so handsome. He's he's my booski and I love him. I saw his photos on Happen and I, he had this suit on. He was very well dressed, very professional, but he was so serious. And I called my friend and I said, I'm sending you a screenshot. Look at this guy. He's so handsome. I'm going to go on a date, but he looks so serious. Like, what if he's boring? What if he's like, ugh. And she's like, I don't know. I have a feeling he looks like he's really nice. Like, step out. Like, based on those photos, he was not my type because he looked like he had a stick up his butt. <laughs> well, look. Um, yeah, you have to you have to give things a chance. Yeah. And and in that same vein, um, I'm going to put out there an idea that I I haven't been able to get a lot of people to agree with me on, but I think love is a choice. There's this myth out there perpetuated, obviously, by, you know, our our Western idealistic sense of of love and Hollywood and all that other stuff. Kind of like the soulmate thing that that you have this this person that you just, you know, fall in love, love at first sight. And and then you just can't help yourself. And look, I love you, babe. But I, I don't think you would really want my love if... It was something I couldn't help. Right? No. And you know, I told a person I dated, God, I hope he's not listening. I want you to want me. I don't want you to need me. Exactly. And he got incredibly offended. And I was like, I mean, how? 
I didn't, I didn't understand why. Like, you just want to be an individual. You don't want anybody to be dependent on you. You don't want to be, quote, end quote, the air someone breathes. That's a little, that's a high bar, man. I want you to choose me. I don't, I don't want you to have to have me, like, the same way you have to have oxygen. Because I at that point, I it's not I can't help choice. myself. Like, yeah. what? That's, that's nuts. That's not romantic. That's really, like putting a lot of pressure on the other person for one <laughs> and and then it's just totally unrealistic like i want you to be with me by your own choice not because it's somehow you're powerless and the forces of the universe force you to me that's craziness and then um, and, and 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 i'm gonna sprinkle a little on that it's a choice so 80 20 you know putting up this illusion of being this perfect person eventually the, your truth comes out they're gonna see that you know your hair is curly or you have acne or you don't you know, what whatever the case may be that you're unemployed or you you don't you don't drive a mercedes whatever it is they're gonna find out the truth eventually if you're maintaining some kind of you know ruse um and then i'm, I'm gonna go back to the 80 20. you want 100 percent i I'm, by no means I'm, I'm telling you to lower your standards but you make a choice 80% of what really matters to you. You can't have steak and lobster and crab cakes. and You can't have all the good things for dinner at once. Pick what you want. And you know what? There are things I'm sure that I do that annoy the shit out of you. And there's things that you do that I'm like, ugh, drive me nuts. But they do not outweigh the 80. Like 80% of what you are is exactly what's good for me. And, and I'm okay with, you know, the underwear on the bathroom floor or the the <laughs> lids that you never screw on properly i have to tighten every single lid on every single bottle before i put it away and the um, wads of hair in the shower. Oh boy. <laughs> sorry but realistically if you find yourself in a situation that you just can't help yourself that you just you find yourself totally powerless over some other person the reality is you're probably just infatuated you're not in love. You've just got this almost elementary school childish infatuation. And those are really strong and really powerful. But that's not really there's love. a lot of there's a lot of things happening hormonally and chemically to explain that. I don't really have the the knowledge to elaborate, but I think a lot of that is what we see. We watch all these stupid movies and what love is supposed to look like, the love chase and all these things. Like, no, we're, this is a very calculated yeah. decision. Totally. We have a lot of fun and we, we are very spontaneous, but I'm choosing to be with you I because this be with you. makes sense for me. Yes. So speaking of our choices, how do we keep it going? And, you know, we get asked that all the time. It's like, wow, how did you guys hit it off so well? And how do you maintain the spark? And, you know, one of the things we do is we really just respect each other's space and time. I mean, we, we're both, we met in our mid to late 30s. We were completely, well, I want to say completely, but we were very well-formed individuals by the yeah. time we met with our own distinctivenesses and, and all that stuff. And at no point... And I, is either of us trying to change the other person? No. We have changed together in the same direction, yeah. almost subconsciously, but we have not 
actively try to make a change in one another. No, very little things, you know, like, hey, you know, I see that you do this. This is a little better. Maybe you'd like it more this way. Like, it's more like suggestions and things that we've decided as a couple. Right. To grow and change together. Yeah, instead of, again, this whole Hollywood mentality that, you know, woman's going to have to change this man because he's just this unpolished gem or whatever. Like, Yeah, no, I don't believe in that. No. And one of the things I do for you, and I know you have extremely busy days, um, I try to text you just one or two words Uh every couple of hours just to let you know that you're on my mind. And I think these little messages go a long way. I love them. They're like like my little techie roses. Whenever I get a little text from you, you send me, hey, love you, babe. Love you, Pooski. Or you send me like a little heart. Yes. I love it. It's it's the equivalent of flowers. You know, sometimes I'm so busy at work and I don't even eat lunch. And you'll remind me, drink your water. <laughs> Have a snack. That to me is love because you know that I am really bad with hydration. So, <laughs> And then, well, speaking of communicating, um, one of the things that we actively try to do is always have clarity in communication. Oh, yeah. Almost to the point where you you perfectly define your pronouns, you say what he, she, it is as we're referring to the subject so that there is no ambiguity in the situation and that everything is clear and that helps. Call it, you know, jaded. I don't know. When we went out on our first date, we've had that approach from day one. I walked in and, you know, all the things that you're not supposed to talk about politics, religion, sex, previous relationships. All on the table. I came in, bam, bam, bam. Who'd you vote for? What'd you do? Da, da, da. You're married. What What happened? Yeah. And, and we just got it all out. Um, be clear. Communicate. There's no need to, to delay. I think you're doing yourself um, an injustice if you're holding information or waiting to introduce somebody to your family. You're or have wait- a difficult conversation. Or have a difficult conversation. Like, if you can't have kids, say it. Like, the dragging out, you know, maybe when you're in your 20s, fine. But, like, if you're over the age of 30, what the hell are you waiting for? The sooner you tell somebody and you get their reaction, the sooner you will know and you can move on to the next person. Right. And because there are no soulmates... It's okay. You'll just find the next person. (laughs) Um, And of course, this is kind of cliche, but making time for one another, having date nights and things planned. The other day you you made some plans for us to do a brunch at uh, at this nice place in Miami. And that was just a nice little getaway. We didn't go really anywhere, but it was a moment We got all all dressed up, we got some nice cocktails, and we just had a little brunch, just us by the water, and it was really nice. Um, But one thing that I I love, you know, try to find somebody or keep your eye open for someone that compliments you. They don't have to be exactly like you, but someone that celebrates your difference or someone you can actually have fun with. You know, I know not everybody is a spirited, smiley, happy, you know, person, but Try to have fun in everything you do. If you're, you know, cleaning or cooking, I, we, we started doing this silly little thing where <laughs> at night we brush our teeth and we want to, like, I, I was taught not to go to bed angry. 
So I always like to listen to music transforms me. So I like to listen to fun things right when I wake up and right when I go to sleep. So right when we brush our teeth at night, we've created this new ritual where we listen to uh, Linus and Lucy by Vince Guaraldi. And if you haven't heard it, it's uh, one of the most popular songs from the Peanuts yeah. movie. The, I think it was in the Christmas special. Yeah. And even though Linus and Lucy are siblings, <laughs> we call it Linus and we're like Linus and Lucy sitting with our matching electrical toothbrushes. toothbrushes. And we're like shaking our... We dance just like the Peanuts characters, right? We had Bob's. We had Bob and we, you know, next way. And we brush our teeth and we go to bed so happy. And then many times... We start our mornings with um, Lovely Day. By Bill Withers. Right. And it's even to the point that Zoe's doing it. She wakes up in the morning and tells Alexa to play Hey, Alexa, play Bill Withers' Lovely Day. And, you know, we're we're making oatmeal. So, you know, just, I guess, try to sprinkle your every day with with a little sunshine. And and, And I think that it's not based on your weight. It's not how you dress. Obviously, those things matter in your overall attractiveness. But your attitude, your happiness, that adds to your beauty. I mean, I, I know many beautiful people that are just very ugly on the inside and and some non-traditionally beautiful people that are the most beautiful, amazing human beings I've ever encountered. So make your life beautiful. And I, I you can't go wrong with that. It, it, it will find you. <laughs> so much so much of this world is out of our control. And the only thing that we can really control is the frame with which we choose to perceive our world. And if you want to put a bad frame to things, you can. And if you want to put a good frame to things, you can. That you can control. Nobody wants... When you open up a bag of, you know... Campari tomatoes from the market and you see that one moldy tomato, it's like, ugh. If you go out there with a crappy attitude, you're the little moldy tomato. Nobody wants you there. <laughs> Stay home. All right, you all you moldy tomatoes. What do we have on our next episode? Um, next episode, we will be talking about closing up the year. Well, starting to close up the year and the holidays. It's November. I started seeing, you know, the... Halloween decorations in August and the Thanksgiving decorations in Halloween and now the Christmas decorations are out and it's like oh okay holiday yep. time planning get-togethers planning um, events presents shopping safely food well, talking about them food we're gonna talk about some cocktails I want to bust out I'm very excited so join us for our next episode of the wing. Bye.